Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hello, hello, digital agency owners, podcast listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. Really glad to have you guys here for another week of great content to help you guys grow your digital agency. Today, we are talking with Dave Greenlee, and we are going to kind of nerd out on the topic of copywriting. And specifically, I want to talk about direct response copywriting with Dave. Dave has been writing copy for many, many years, um, and we're going to talk about how he got his start in copywriting, and we'll also talk about the difference between normal everyday copywriting and direct response copywriting and and kind of a, a persuasive versus uh, typical content marketing and all sorts of stuff. We're going to get into that, uh, but Dave has been doing this for a very long time. Dave also has uh, off and on written for you gurus, so you very well might have received an email or communication. Uh, that Dave has helped us craft subject lines and actual content, uh, also sales pages and sales letters. Um, he's been working with us for a long time. And I just thought it was time that we bring this conversation to the forefront with our community. And before I welcome Dave to the program, one of the reasons that I want to do that is because I hear from agency owners all the time that they are scared to email their clients, that they don't know what to say to communicate with their prospective clients about how to get those people that are on their email list, have opted in for a free guide, to go from just a name on an email list to actually engaging with you and um, and hopefully signing up for your services. So, uh, and this also is a topic that I'm super passionate about. I love to write. I love to write uh, direct response persuasive stuff. So, so Dave and I are going to nerd out on this topic for the next little bit, learn a little bit more about Dave, uh, and, uh, and hopefully you guys will leave this episode being inspired to use email and writing as a means to grow your agency. So Dave, welcome to our program. Thanks for having me. I am uh, honored and super stoked and yeah, nerding out on direct response. I hope, uh, hope we don't go over time. <laughs> so when we, when we first met in person, I think one of the things that you admitted to me was um, that if you, if you went into your car right now, <laughs> you've had, you had the same, I don't know if you said it was a tape or a CD, but you've had the same like copywriting uh i can't remember which copywriter you you got the audio tapes or audio program from <laughs> but you'd been listening to this copywriting thing on repeat and you know one of our core values at you gurus is to have a growth mindset and that's just like you know I, I love to hear stuff like that that people are working on their craft uh and and so i don't know if you remember that conversation but um so this is something that is a topic that you're super passionate about how did you first get into this this whole copywriting space yeah, um, I do remember that conversation. That's uh, Gary Bensavanga and uh, that C, it's five or six CDs, and it's still in there, still in there. <clears throat> so I do remember. Um, 
how did I get started? So in 2005-ish, I was um, I was buying and selling real estate, and I knew how to how to get my targeted list, my audience. I was um, trying to buy pre-foreclosed properties, so I knew how to go get the list of folks that I needed to talk to. But at the time, I was uh, either knocking on doors, and then I just started writing handwritten letters to these folks. Um, <clears throat> And slowly but surely, uh, you know, you just kind of learn what works, what doesn't. Between knocking on the doors and having, I don't know, roughly 30 seconds before you get kicked out or invited in, you uh, begin to develop a hook or a lead or something like that. Um, Two years or so into that, I started to actually send out direct mail. So I would send out different segments of lists, so pre-foreclosures. Anytime there was a problem with the property or financing, I would send... I would send a particular piece of mail to an automated voicemail that was list segmentation and the whole nine yards. Um, so I used to say that I was a real estate investor, but truth be told, I was I was a marketer. Just happened that the the product and service that I was in was real estate. And when the recession hit and it all went sideways, um, my entire business and all of my money was tied into that business. And basically, out of sheer necessity, uh, I started going to local businesses. And I was just like, Hey, I can get your phone to ring. I can get your phone to ring. (laughs) So for me, there was not a whole lot of difference between um, a specific targeted audience and sending a a postcard to an 800 number. To me, the same thing was a Google AdWord and a landing page. So uh, the similarities were extremely, very similar, uh, something I understood a lot. And yeah, I mean, the rest is history. Uh, I've been writing copy ever since. That was 2000, I guess, five when I sent out my first piece of mail and 2009 when I went and got my first client. I mean, copy at some level has, you kind of got the bug. I mean, it wasn't just, oh, I market. I mean, you kind of have nerded out. I mean, you get, you've gotten into this as a craft to the point of, you know, extensive study, learning, learning from the masters of copy. You know, what is it about copywriting that kind of uh, that you fell in love with so i always thought that it was amazing that you could spend some time writing a letter um and if you got yourself a winner and just continued to send traffic to it i just thought it was amazing that you could send eyeballs to a letter and that you could earn money from that i just was it always blew my mind i was even even before i knew it like in college i would sit up and and watch infomercials. This is kind of a guilty pleasure. I don't do it much anymore, but like it always oh, it was yeah. just phenomenal to me. Like these things, you can set them up and let them run. And if you find yourself a winner, you can let them run for a long time and people would continue to buy from them. So I don't know. It was just, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I've been a sales guy, both on the phone in person, that sort of stuff. And when I learned how to be able to write to earn sales, I was like, well, this is, uh, a whole heck of a lot easier than picking up and pounding the phone or pounding the pavement. So yeah, I've just been a huge fan of it ever since, man. And you mentioned, uh, <laughs> writing for the purpose of sales and for people that are new to the world of copy and, uh, you know, they maybe have heard that term thrown around like, Oh, I need the copy, you know, for this web page. Uh, <laughs> but I think for a lot of people that are in that copywriting, uh, craft space, you know, copy isn't just any content or any words on page. Like you kind of touched on that, that it's really intent to sell or persuade somebody uh, to take an action, to purchase something, to proceed to the next step. It's not just information. Right. You know, there's actual, there's an intent there and that it's, you know, maybe no different than selling to somebody over the phone or in person. hundred percent. Yep. Um, trying to think of where this would be a really, really good time to kind of just talk about just the basics of it because you said get them to take an action. So um, depending on where they are, how they came to you, um, it gives you an opportunity to both create and continue a narrative that your prospect, customer, client, whatever, is currently already thinking about. Um, So in, in, in the realm of at least online direct marketing, the basics are, and maybe a lot of your audience already knows this, but first and foremost, let's target the audience. Like who is your audience? Um, 
and I know you talk about this a lot, like your target is not everybody. It is not um, just small businesses. I know you like to say a lot, but so targeting first and foremost, and then you have an ad and then you have a lander, then you have your sales page and then you have either um, you could take them to an email, but typically you want to take them to a, a sales page and then an email. So um, targeting your audience, getting them to, to take an action. Um, absolutely. So I know we're going to talk a little bit about email, so we can just kind of start with the idea that they're already on your list. Um, they already know who you are and what you do. So um, specifically as it relates to email, um, you know, at the end of the day, let's hope that you have an offer in place already and, and maybe some sort of sales process in the back end. So with email, keeping it really, really simple, um, all you really want them to do is A, open it, B, read it, and C, click the link that you have in that email. Um, so those are the only th three things, at least when I'm writing email copy, that I, that I keep top of mind, I guess you could say. Mm, so like really breaking that down, that the subject line, you know, it exists just specifically to get somebody to open the email, get them That's to that it. next step, and then really the body of the email exists to get them to, you know, consider the call to action. That's and it. Go to the next step in clicking a link, right? You're not going to accept a credit card or book a strategy call within no. Gmail. You've got to get them to someplace else. Now you have a whole different job ahead of you. Right. And I think that a lot of folks maybe make the, uh, the mistake of trying to sell their product or service um, during that email. Now, I mean, this could get a little confusing. There is a time and a place for that. But typically, um, no, the, the email is not there to do the heavy lifting. Uh, the email is just to get them to go to the next step. So um, if, if whoever's listening to this is a, is a note-taking type of individual, um, the acronym AIDA, um, Attention, Interest, Desire, and Action, that's about as simple as you can keep it within the email format and the attention being the subject line, interest being the first couple sentences, desire is what you build throughout that actual email, and then action is just simply having them click that link. So you can do that in, I don't know, a couple hundred words, or if you want to get long-winded in it, which I kind of like to do from time to time, it's, you know, four or 500 words. Yeah. And one thing on audience I think is important, I remember when I first started emailing our customers and I think I did it in some kind of newsletter type format because I just didn't really know any better. And I was, I was almost creating an email for myself. Like I didn't really understand. I wasn't really thinking about who my customer, who my audience was. I was just writing the email about our company you know, like this is what I think is interesting about us, right? Versus uh, getting in the shoes of who you're speaking to. So before you ever even put a word on the page, is there anything that you do or any kind of tools you use to get into that mindset of the person that you're writing to? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so uh, not necessarily harsh words, but we all love our own companies, but your prospect really doesn't care. Um, they just want to know if you can solve their problem. So forums. And so whatever industry you're in, um, so if you're going after dentists or attorneys or, or something like that, or if you're going after digital entrepreneurs, find some sort of an outlet where those people are talking openly about the things that are currently taking place in their lives and their businesses that are driving them crazy, that they're truly frustrated with and that caused them a tremendous amount of stress. So a, a real simple way to do this is, is yes, I'd said forums a couple of times, but you know, Twitter is a, is a treasure trove for this sort of thing. So if you can start to look into some industry specific stuff, um, do some, more advanced searches within Twitter, you can find people complaining all day long. If you can find yourself inside of groups, inside of Facebook, um, anywhere you, where you can actually get into the world of your prospect uh, and the deeper too. I mean, don't just kind of be a voyeur in it, like actually become a member of those things. Feel free to start asking questions. Um, join that sort of stuff, join the conversation and actually put yourself not just in the minds of those folks, but like, what does it look like on a day-to-day -day basis? What's their home life looking like? Um, you know, bills, everything else, just frustrations and troubles. I always, I always do forums every time. 
what I hear from a lot of uh, agency owners is, you know, they have a hundred or 200 or 300 or 500 people, you know, on their email list. Some of those can be customers. Some of those might be prospective customers. Um, but I, a lot of times I hear that they're, uh, they kind of are scared or they have a lot of fear around emailing their list. Uh, they, they might not, uh, know what to write or they might think that, uh, they're going to come across as, sleazy or they don't want to, you know, offend their, their, their folks or they're, uh, they're scared that somebody's going to unsubscribe from them and then they just don't do it. They just don't email. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what kind of, do you have any of those fears when you email? Is there any kind of, are you concerned that, uh, you know, is there any kind of deeply held <laughs> fear that you have about, about writing and then broadcasting your message out to thousands of people? Uh, don't no. So you gotta have to, come from the perspective of they opted in in the first place. So at some level, they already view you as an expert in that related field. And one of the best things that that uh, writing email communication, at least on a regular basis, allows you to do is you can A, set the narrative, and then B, you can continue that narrative. So even if somebody doesn't necessarily want to do business with you today, Maybe they're not in a position to, maybe they don't feel like it's important, whatever the case may be. But if they hear from you and you are that authority expert and you can, you are basically controlling the narrative of how this is and this being whatever your product and service is. Um, yeah, no, you should do that as often as possible. Um, and in terms of offending your list, um, I wouldn't worry about that at all. It, well, it, and I, I only say that because if the individual is going to be offended by the stance that you take about something that you are a professional about before they become a client, imagine what that individual is going to be like when they become a client mm. or, or if they become a client. So, um, and I wouldn't worry about unsubscribes either. Um, two reasons. If you have a big list, the more subscribers you have, the more money you have to pay. And then on the flip side of that, uh, I would rather have the folks who didn't like your narrative to go ahead and exit stage left anyway, and just keep the people around who in, either enjoy your narrative. And, and, and I'm not trying to build like this, this list of yes men, but I am trying to, uh, yeah, again, like you are the expert here. Let them continue to come back to you to get advice from you. I think that at some level, the people who will stick around are going to want to hear from you. So mm. continue to email to them. And in some ways, if I go to a website and I opt in and I don't hear from the company, I mean, right. in a way, that's kind of a disappointment that, right. you know, yeah. I've, I, you've, you've pitched me on, you know, sign up for my newsletter. I will right. send you amazing content or, you know, sign up for my tips and, and whatever you've used to get somebody on a, on a list. And then if you fail to deliver on that in a way there's, you know, you should, I, I personally am always more scared of that. If I haven't sent an email with value or, or engaged our list in a while, it kind of gets a little bit cold and, you know, people are, maybe they, they think that we <laughs> disappeared from the, you know, the planet or something, or, you yeah. know, they're disappointed. They're like, Oh, I haven't heard from you in a while. Like what's going on. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the better mindset to have of being, you know, being scared to lose touch with people versus being scared to reach out. Absolutely. If I opt into a list, um, and maybe it's the direct response marketer in me, but I want to see it all. I want to see, I want to <laughs> see your offer. I, and these days, if I do opt into a list, it's because I genuinely do want to see what you have to offer. Meaning, like I am a potential customer, so please, I mean, give me everything that I've gotten. Just from you know a pure nuts and bolts standpoint, that's when my interest is heightened the most either within that first few minutes of opting in all the way through the first, whatever, seven to 10 days. So give me that, you know, indoctrination process, if you will, because if I'm, again, if I'm coming to you for advice and you are the expert, man, give me everything you got. And if you're, if you continue to send me stuff, I'm just going to absorb it. I'm with you. I want to, I want to see as much of it as I can. Thinking about that idea of, 
you know, continuously sending. I mean, we, we talked a little bit about, hey, a one-time email, like sending an email just like one time, some ideas about how you would craft that to get somebody to engage or take action. Uh, and and, and is, it, is it different? It, you know, these days people are really hot and bothered around marketing automation and creating drip campaigns and, uh, and this and that. I mean, how d- does that change your overall approach if you're going to send somebody like a one-off email versus creating a series and any, any insight around if you are going to go the series route, what kind of things you might uh, want to consider? Yeah. So um, it's a really good question. So I, I, I like to do both. So if you have, um, if somebody is, has just opted in, I think absolutely you should have um, a post opt in, I use the term indoctrination series. Um, this is kind of gives you an opportunity to uh, set the tone, if you will, to kind of like, um, here's what you should do. Here's what you shouldn't do. Um, how am I trying to put this? So the answer to that is yes. So let's just say, for instance, um, you're, in, you're into the weight loss, right? So you have a weight loss offer and somebody opts into drop 10 pounds in 65 minutes or whatever the case may be. And so when they, when they opt in, um, that whoever's making that offer can immediately begin to say, <clears throat> use like a character, for example, like, well, here's, here's, here's how John has been trying to lose the same 10 pounds for the last five years. And here is the behavior that John has taken that has not gotten him to where he wants to be. So you are, in a sense, basically, yes, you're informing them on, on all of the things that John is doing, but you're also drawing a correlation to don't be like John. Okay, so if you are going to do something, um, actually do it. And then those subsequent emails, maybe email two, three, four, uh, begin to, to set that narrative, begin to kind of indoctrinate, if you will, uh, the individual on what it's actually going to take, and hopefully it positions you front and center of that actual offer. That makes sense? Yeah. yeah I mean, so, it, and you use the word narrative and I think of yeah. storytelling and just how yeah. humans are very much built around storytelling. And I think back to some of my early emails that were, you know, emailing my list and saying, here's, you know, here's the top 10 articles published about web design this month, blah, blah, blah. And it was, <laughs> it was completely devoid of narrative or maybe the narrative was, you know, I'm a boring web design wonk and that's all you're going to get from me. Uh, and you know, what I, what I learned very quickly was, that people respond so much more when you treat your list in your series or your one-time email more as a platform to tell a story, whether that's telling yep. stories about clients that you have or personal stories about things that you went through that are relevant topics for your clients. Um, but that idea of creating uh, a storytelling narrative in, in, in place for you um, is so much more interesting yet so many businesses have a hard time adopting that or believing that they could adopt that. They just kind of stick with the, here's the email with our company masthead on it. And here's our you know newsletter. Here's the, the top 10 things you should know about social media versus, you know, the really juicy, interesting story that just happened with a recent client that they did and they almost failed with, but then it turned all around and, you know, there's an up and down and there's an arc and, you know, that's the thing that maybe is more interesting, but they just opt for, Here's our newsletter. Yeah. Stay away from that one. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I feel like there's a certain percentage of our listeners right now that are just burying their heads in their hand. Like, Oh God, I sent a newsletter, you know, and I I don't want you guys to feel bad if you're in that case, you're emailing, right? I mean, if you guys are emailing your list, you know, props to you, but I think what we're trying to to convince you today is there's a better way. Yeah. And, you know, this kind of comes back to know thine audience, right? So um, two things, if I'm sending an email on a regular basis, A, I want them to look forward to the next one, right? So there's some things that you can do within the previous email to get them to look forward to the next one. But on on the flip side of that, like this guy or gal gets me, like they get me. And, And trust me, very few business owners actually send out well-crafted direct response emails. Most people are sending newsletters. So if your email pops up and the headline or the subject line is, I don't know, 
what I learned from Taylor Swift or, or something along those lines, they're going to open it and they're going to read it. Um, and if nothing else, they're going to be entertained. Um, yeah. And they're going to, it gives, again, gives you an opportunity to continue that narrative. So yeah. Um, don't send the, uh, today in the stock market, the Dow dropped four points and yeah, I would stay away from that. I was just, uh, I'm trying to find, uh, all right, I found it. So here's, here's an email that Dave wrote for you gurus. And of course it says it's from Brent at you gurus. So, uh, I don't mean to shatter, uh, anybody's <laughs> <laughs> shatter. Yeah, anybody's so like, they're like, Oh my God, what's so happening? So <laughs> Somebody's yeah. like, they're, they're listening yeah. right now. And they're just so dizzy. Cause they're like, wait a minute, an email came from Brent, but Dave wrote it. I don't understand. Right. Um, yeah. so the, 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 the subject line reads lead generation and Taylor Swift. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, there's a lesson right there, right? I mean, you get that and you're like, what in the world is he talking about? <laughs> you know? Like, what is he talking about? Or you're like, Ooh, I like Taylor Swift. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah. You're going to open that email, right? You're going to open that one. And, and the, um, and I remember, I remember getting, I remember, it was so funny. I remember getting, I was actually in, uh, this email was dated, uh, February 22nd. my, uh, soon to be one year old was born February 18th. So I remember I'm literally at the hospital, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, you know, doing, you know, mommy baby time. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not oh, yeah. working. I check my email. I get this subject line of like lead generation Taylor Swift. I'm like, Oh God, Dave's Dave's <laughs> going for it today. And I'm, I'm like laughing, you know, of course I get responses back from, people totally polarized, you know, right. But you know, so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to read part of the email, right? So, so you start yep. off first, the first word, if you call it a word is all caps, OMG period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, yep. it goes on. Have you heard the lyrics to Taylor Swift's shake it off? You must have by now released in August 2014. Shake It Off has now been played at least 27,456,215,892 times and counting. And those are just the numbers from my local supermarket. Fact. <laughs> like, I mean, A, you know, very little to do with, you know, the subject no, line so far, right? Very yeah, little to do with digital agencies and marketing nothing. and <laughs> like nothing. You're like, did this do anything for you gurus? Right. Uh, and then you go on like, but listen, before you start hating on my girl, Tay Tay, hear me out. There's enough to learn from in that song that the original title of the song might as well have been cornucopia of lessons, but who's going to download that, right? Follow me here. And let's just start right from the first few words. Taylor shouts out a few uh, rumors that have been dogging her and then counters with, that's what people say. Hmm. And then you go and say gold. People who don't even know her have been talking trash, but she's just not having it. There's lessons there if you look for it, right? So you're taking this thing, right? This this thing, this very uh, 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 this celebrity, you know, kind of co-adopting a celebrity's name. Um, mm -hmm. You're taking a, a very pop culture reference, right? Saying things that you know probably are universally people are interested mm -hmm. in or have heard of that have nothing to do really with our core market. But then you're creating this bridge between. <laughs> you know, famous lyrics and, and you're eventually getting into this, um, you know, getting closer to why this is relevant for digital agency owners. You know, you kind of, you start to unpack this and this is, you know, probably one of your longer emails, but you know, yeah. you, you kind of are going there, right? You kind of go into yep. this and, and there's several different, uh, links, you know, throughout this, I can't remember, we sent people to like a landing page and we were giving them a guide, like 68 things that they could do to generate leads right, for their business. Right. Um, but really kind of back to that core point of, um, you know, knowing what the purpose of the email is, which is get somebody to open a message from you, maybe yep. entertain them, convince them mm -hmm. that they want to do a next step, which is go click on something, go to a page, go look at some information and then maybe engage with you at some level. So, I mean, what, yep. what are some of the things, you know, that you, the tools or frameworks that you use to come up with something like that? Mm, man, that's a really good question. Um, so I, I do like to draw correlations. So sometimes, <clears throat> you, you know, you get stuff that is either really stale or really boring. So the, you know, the Taylor Swift thing is, uh, 
I wouldn't necessarily say it's relatable, but everybody knows who she is in, you know, the lyrics of that actual song. I mean, as poppy as it is, some people can relate to it. So <clears throat> at some level, I do want the reader to kind of say, where is he going with this? You know, it, it, just for the simple fact that I want them to continue to read the email. And then when you can draw that bridge or, or kind of correlate the song to their everyday life, that they also face those same sorts of things. And then it just kind of dawns on the reader like, oh, wow, man, you know, he's that's actually pretty true. And that's a uh, wonder what else they're going to show me. So the, at the end of the day, and when I write stuff like that, and I don't write like funny Tay-Tay emails all the time, um, but I just want them to be entertaining enough so that they uh, look forward to the next email. Um, <clears throat> and where tools to be able to do that, man, I really don't have a good answer for that. Um, I'll be walking through the supermarket or I'll, I don't know. I think at the time we had a playlist set up for my son. He's about two and a half and he loves all that pop stuff and runs around and starts dancing around. So it was just in my head and I put notes in my phone and, Man, I think that's one of the best things about writing not just emails but copy in general is that like you know if you get hit with an idea or something that you can draw a correlation from, don't be afraid to write it. I mean, maybe run it by somebody before you hit the send <laughs> button. <laughs> but like, you know, it, it make it as relatable as humanly possible. It's fun to read. Um it, just so long as you come back to what it is you're actually trying to get them to do. But I, I don't know kind of asking me like where the inspiration comes from i don't have a real good answer for that i uh yeah but i, I, I mean i think even <clears throat> what you've said so far is is powerful that you can start something a start a story from uh from a, a really small insignificant part of your day or something that isn't necessarily relevant but is, is relatable at the same time. Like is, it's not yeah. necessarily rel like if I was running a digital agency today, you know, could I start my email off with, you know, you know, what does, uh, you know, quote unquote, you know, what, what is their business? What does your business have to do with Taylor Swift? Right. Like, I mean, yeah. or, or, you know, Dr. Trey or whoever, whoever your, 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 your favorite, you know, of the moment is, but starting someplace, I think that's one of the, the, for me, the magic of writing is, um, sometimes not even knowing how you're going to get from this crazy idea to the thing that you ultimately want to do. And you have to kind of trust that as, you know, keys start coming out on the keyboard, as you start pressing the keys, that the story, that that's where the story oftentimes develops. It doesn't necessarily develop 100% in your head. And I think that's something that people that don't write very often or are new to writing, you, you think that you must come up with it all in your head or like take, you know, create an outline for this. I mean, oftentimes if I was writing that email about Taylor Swift, like I would just have, I'd be like I'm going to start an email with Taylor Swift to the subject. <laughs> I'm just going to start there. Right. I'm going right. to listen yeah, to, yeah, go yeah. listen yeah. to that song and then start there and then figure out how to make it work right. in, in the writing process, not as right. some master plan. I mean, I can't tell you how many emails that I've written out that I've written. I mean, even very, very lengthy series where I knew ultimately, Hey, we're selling this new program. Eventually I have to get there, but mm -hmm. I'm going to start everything in this one moment that yep. is interesting. And I'm going to unpack that. And eventually we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get there. Right. Yep. I can't tell you how many open docs and unfinished writings and notes on my phone and scribbles on pads of paper and everything else, man. Cause they come to you in some pretty weird and inconvenient times and places. So yeah, just get them started. You got to kind of know the, the crux of what it is you're trying to accomplish. Um, yeah. And just get it started. Uh, if I told you that I sat down and wrote all my emails in one sitting with no grammar checks and all that sort of stuff, I'd be lying. Um, Sometimes they're painstaking. Sometimes they're extremely easy. Um, so yeah, just sit down and start it. Let's talk. I mean, we, we, we spent, we know, I think we're going to just hang out in the email space today. Cause, <laughs> cause there's, you know, we could do a whole episode on, yeah. you know, really taking like, like if we think about productized services or, mm -hmm. you know, writing offers or sales pages or, or whatnot. Um, but, but length, right? So, yep. you know, this email, I don't know what this email maybe is, 
500 words or something like that. I mean, it's longer. Mm-hmm. I, I am definitely uh, known for my verbose uh, everything that I do, website uh, or, or webinars, uh, uh, you know, videos, emails, etc. Um, but does it always, you know, do your emails always have to be this long, lengthy uh, thing? Like, do you have to write 500 words on an email? Because um, sometimes I feel like people might be held back on writing to their customers because they think they need to come up with this big thing. But it doesn't, you know, I, I don't think you have to have you know, write long nope. emails all the time. Like, is there, is there any, you know, how do you decide on that? Or do you just literally kind of go with whatever comes to mind? So, um, no, you don't, you don't always have to write these big, long emails. I kind of fall in the same category that you do. Um, and I will come back to this point, but I'll tell you the reason why I like to write long stuff is because I got to get you, you know, I got to get you invested in what we're actually talking about. And a lot of times you can't do that in a hundred words, right? A lot of times you, you have to, I know I've used this term a lot, but you've got to set that narrative. So in order to do that, sometimes you have to tell the backstory before you get to the meat and potatoes. Um, so I, I do the same thing. Um, I think maybe because I also write long form copies. So that's, that's what a lot of that is. But the short answer is no. Um, you know, you can write an email that's, you know, right now I'm working on a bunch of emails that are supposed to be 150 words. Um, so yeah, no, you can keep them kind of short. And the great thing, I'm going to get off topic just a little bit, but if you, you can repurpose these things. So if you're big on social media, repurpose them, put them out on a, on a Facebook post, or if you do keep them really, really short, you can send it out on Twitter or whatever else. But <clears throat> the answer is no, no, you, you can write short emails. They're not my favorite, but uh, you don't have to, not at all. As long as it's hitting the points that you are trying to make and it elicits enough emotion from your reader, if you can do that in two sentences, man, good for you. Send out a two-sentence email. If you need 500 words, uh, write 500 words. But at the end of the day, um, don't look at the word count. Look at the effectiveness of what you're trying to accomplish. Mm. Yeah, I think that's... And, and I love what you said about getting the reader invested Uh that, you know, you, you, you kind of have to hook them and get them, you know, entertain them maybe a little bit. And and that's, I mean, if you look at like the best advertising out there, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if you're sending email to your customers and you're not entertaining and entertaining, I don't think necessarily means be funny all the time. I mean, I think, uh, you know, like I, I've said in emails that, you know, one time, uh, you know, I've described the situation where I had $3 in my bank account and mm-hmm. all I had, you know, I had enough money. <laughs> I basically didn't have any money left. And so what's the, you know, what do you, what do you do at that point? And it's like, well, I go buy a cup of coffee. <laughs> like I don't right, you go spend it. You yeah. Go, go spend, spend that $3. I right? can like, make rent anyway. Might as well go spend it. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I'm going to overdraft that account and I'm going to do it right. in, in, in style. Right. Um, I'll show you. You know, but I think so entertaining, it doesn't necessarily mean like be funny. I mean, sometimes it can be like creating drama or creating tension uh, in in those emails. And I think if you look at what you're doing with your, if you, if you are emailing your list and you look back at your last like five emails or so, I mean, would, would it, would it be something that you would read? You know, would it, would it be something that's interesting or is it just kind of, does it feel like I, I always just give people a hard time when you go to their website and it says, you know. Welcome to my website. We are, uh, you know, we are the number one customer satisfied. Blah. It's like, oh, like I know. No, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Yeah. If they don't know who it's for, like, is this for me or not? And you know, the stats will tell us we got just a handful of seconds to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, just trying to grab your attention as quickly as possible. And then I'm trying to hold on to it. And then I'm just trying to, I'm trying to build, like you said, that tension or that drama or, or humor or whatever. I'm just throughout the email. I'm just trying to build that and then correlate it back to your offer. Who are some of the people, if you're reading or, or listening to this, this show and you're like, wow, okay. You know, obviously these guys are passionate about this. And, and I think Dave, you're very <laughs> passionate about, about writing copy. Uh, and just reading your Taylor Swift, like I, I really want to like leave. I'm going to leave this interview today, and I'm going to go like, <laughs> I'm going to go like right, right. I just I feel like yeah. if I could just do this all yeah. the time, it's probably what I do. But um, who yeah. who are some of the people that uh, if so if you were interested in getting better at writing copy for the purposes of marketing your agency and your business and, and just in general, like who are some of the people that have been really mm-hmm. influential for for you? So these days. Um, 
my email, the people I subscribe to is pretty small these days. Um, I like to read Perry Marshall's emails. He does a phenomenal job of, I mean, most of his stuff creates a tremendous amount of tension. Um, a lot of times his is like, if you don't do this, your, your business will implode. Um, but he, he's a phenomenal writer. He writes a lot of really good copy. His emails are good. He currently has a, uh, MBA, a street MBA series. It's 30 days long. Opt into it. It's 30 days of, of straight emails. It's great how it puts together a narrative and it keeps the process going. <clears throat> um, Andre Chaperone, although he doesn't send out a whole lot of emails, he has a phenomenal course, um, mm. with, which will, so yeah, earlier his, with yeah, his, uh, his arm, auto, auto responder madness. madness. Big, big influence for me. Right. right. So if, if you're going to write a post opt-in sequence and to be able to keep that narrative going, um, he's one of the best in the business. Uh, he writes what's called a soap opera series. So just like, you know, open loops, um, embedded loops, all that sort of high level psychology stuff that takes place in keeping that story going. He's great. And then probably the biggest influence for me from email copy specifically is Ben Settle. He, uh, he is not everybody's cup of tea. He's extremely polarizing. But what you had talked about in the beginning of this uh, interview was, should you worry about offending your list? Um, there is one guy who has an extremely successful business by just writing email copy, and he probably offends everybody <laughs> <laughs> every day, every day. But he is a phenomenal copywriter. He is just boil it down to three to 500 words a day. And he mails every day, every mm. single day. And I look forward to him. I look forward to him every single day. In, in that, I mean, I think too, I get people all the time that, you know, I, I was talking to an agency owner just the other day and they said that they were going to, you know, they're going to email really hard this year and they're going to send a quarterly newsletter. I was like, oh, you know, like don't, four don't touches. You. Don't forget about you. I mean, we sent, <laughs> I don't know how many emails. I mean, we we send anywhere between a half a million and a, and a million emails per month. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, not like, like not individual emails, but like no, total, yeah, yeah. to your total, database, right. to, to, but, yeah. I mean, total emails actually yeah. broadcasted. I mean, that could be anywhere from depending on if it's autoresponder series or depending on if it's, um, you know, our weekly broadcasts, like our podcasts that go out to everybody and all, like, I mean, just all in, it's somewhere between the half a million and a million mark, depending on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear somebody say, I send a quarterly newsletter. It just like, I kind of, I just, I'm like, Oh, it's just not like if you're trying to get real results out of email, I mean, it's just not, it's not good enough, especially this day and age where, I mean, unless your quarterly newsletter is like the most goldy gold. I mean, I know some people that do, you know, just like a monthly, but I mean, even then that's still, I feel like not enough. I mean, I feel like pretty much it's, it's, you either send about once a week or like a lot of these folks daily, and I think if you are writing a lot and you love to write, um, that that daily habit is almost as important for you, the writer, as Absolutely. it is for your audience Absolutely. to be constantly like you're constantly in front of them. Send them every day, man. <clears throat> you know, Monday through Friday. Uh, and, and, you know, millage may vary, um, but you will get some unsubscribes. I'll just go ahead and you know, rip that bandaid off real quick. You will get some unsubscribed if you email every day, but if you're writing good stuff and you're, you know, if it's valuable to your base consumer, meaning the people who actually do business with you, um, they will begin to look, they'll begin to look forward to it. And here's the thing, man, is that I had a mentor. This is before I even started writing. I was still doing real estate deals. And I said, uh, I was like, man, I've had such a good, good month. I made like three or four offers. And he just looked at me and laughed. He's like, dude, you're not even in business. Like, (laughs) you you know, like, no, you have like a glorified lemonade stand. So the, the, the thing that you get out of emailing every day is like, you're making an offer every single day, every Mm. single day, you're giving somebody an opportunity to say yes to you. And I'm just going to pre, you know, make the presumption that what you do can actually help your, your database or your consumer base. So if they're looking for help and you give them multiple opportunities to say yes, uh, you're going to do more sales. Yeah. 
sometimes you know i have to direct people on our list to the unsubscribe button literally every email they're like could right. you stop email and i'm like dude like unsubscribe like we're cool <laughs> you know if you either either you want to stay in the in the yugurus river or you don't and i'm not going right. to be offended if you don't want right. to stay here but you know it's uh it's up to you i think i think we we just kind of allow it to be up to our customers or our prospects to make that decision of you know do you do you want this and you know are you ready to go or are you just you know are you just accumulating uh uh opt-in subscriptions <laughs> yeah and i wouldn't be afraid to you know these days with automation and stuff like you can kind of tell if somebody has taken action on your offers or not you i mean don't be afraid to start closing to a no you know yeah so, I mean, that, camp. Yeah. getting into Close some of those, those tactics, I mean, you know, refreshing <laughs> lists, you know, going through and, 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 uh, cleaning house a bit or, or, you know, literally saying to somebody, you know, you're either in or out, like you either yeah. click this button and, and you'll continue to get emails from me or you'll never get an email right. from me again. And I think that right. always gives you an opportunity to kind of refresh and, and kind of check in on people if they're paying attention or not, or if they've just kind of put you into a, a swipe folder and, uh, right. Yep. We and, will. You know, we will have. Always... We will have Dave come back on the show, and we will talk about other topics in the future. I. I definitely want to hear hear from people if if this like really getting into a tactic, which is not something I want to do on every show, but it's something that I think right. is is fun when 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 it, it's the right time. Um, but I want to hear from you guys if 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 this has been valuable for you. But uh, Dave, before before we let you go, we want to we want to do a little bit of lightning round. Are you ready for that? Yeah, man. Let's do it. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? Uh, uh, stay in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're really good at something and not to say that you shouldn't work on some things that you're not good at, I'm sure there's plenty of work to be done there, but yeah, I think you use the term superpower to find out what your superpower is. So just, yeah, stay in your wheelhouse. Like, uh, having an agency or a business, you are going to be pulled in like 650 different directions. If you can figure out a way to maybe outsource some of the stuff that you don't like to do um, frees you up to be able to stay in your wheelhouse. Not only will you be a little happier, but you'll probably get a whole lot more done. Which of your personal <laughs> habits has contributed most to your success? <laughs> um, uh, maybe just being too hard headed to stop. Maybe uh, persistence, I guess. Yeah. Just, yeah, I've taken plenty of lumps, but uh, just get up and keep going, man. Persistence. Can you share an internet resource or a tool that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? <laughs> um, well, you know me pretty well. So <laughs> The files support, are in the computer. Probably, exactly. <laughs> the 800 tech support probably is what I spend most of my time on. Um, golly. I'm trying to keep this into a storytelling. Um, and I know it's not in vogue with the hustle grind all the time thing, but Netflix, man, I, uh, I don't binge or anything like that, but I definitely watch my fair share of shows. I, I mean, not only will it keep you relatable to your audience, but it, uh, if you're going to write, it'll, uh, it'll help you write, man. That's for sure. I'm into, I'm into the, uh, comedians and cars getting coffee. It's really good. Nice. Really good. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. what uh what book would you recommend and why yeah that one uh um for me is pretty easy that's uh the war of art by stephen pressfield i don't know if you've read that but um he is a writer he is an author so you know it's all about overcoming the resistance so i don't know what it is for other people but i i love writing this sort of stuff and believe it or not if i sit down to write i'll be like oh hey look there's a light bulb out <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe i should go change the light bulb first and uh i would highly 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 recommend that to uh anybody a creative an entrepreneur anybody who's really trying to get something done and he also has a, a book called turning pro um both of them are are punches to the gut uh but they're they're extremely beneficial it kind of reminds me i, I think there was some uh, uh uh the movie adaptation i don't know if you uh ever saw that movie 
haven't seen it. Uh, well, he goes, some of it is a little bit uh, uh, lowbrow on, on, on parts of, of it, but he kind of, it's, it's about a writer who's writing this story and kind of like jumps in and out of like the narrative of the story throughout the, the course of, of the, uh, the movie. And, um, but he has, you know, several scenes where he's sitting down to write and thinking about all the things that he need, he should do before he right. writes. <laughs> like he right. writes a couple of words and it's like, okay, right. I need to, I better go make a sandwich. Right. Like, it's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's a few other things that he does, right. you know, that yeah. he distracts himself with that, you know, aren't, aren't right. super good. But I think that that's, uh, I mean, we didn't even talk about overcoming the, 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 the resistance, the forces in our, ourselves, that keep us from creating, which probably goes way beyond just writing, but any, anything mm-hmm. that's creative, but, um, maybe that's uh, a stay tuned for more from you Guru's moment that will, they're we'll, real, man. They're real. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Dave, this has been, uh, a really fun episode to record with you. How can our audience, uh, find out more about you? Well, you know, the easiest thing to do is, you know, I don't have anything out there in terms of lead magnets. Look at the, the marketer doesn't have marketing tools, but, um yeah just shoot me an email uh if you want to get in touch with me or anything like that shoot me an email at ddgreenly at gmail.com uh look for me on facebook hit me up there cool and we'll link out to um we'll link out to your email in the show notes make sure people have that so ddgreenly at gmail uh, dot com we'll also uh dig up your facebook profile link out to that or any other uh social media that we can find on you and, and, and include that in the show notes. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, if you guys uh, enjoyed this conversation and uh, you, you know, want to talk to Dave about copywriting or, or whatnot, I think, um, you know, get in touch. So um, you, you do great work and this has been a lot of fun and, and I've, I've taken some notes uh, on some things that I I'm excited about to, to write about myself <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and that should be, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So Dave, thanks again for, for stopping by the show today. It was a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of fun. All right, guys. That is our episode for this week on the Digital Agency Show. Really glad you guys joined us today. Stay tuned for more great content coming to you every single week. I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show.